What's up, everyone, and welcome to the School District Podcast. My name is Adam Welcome. This is my podcast. I'm the host, and I really and truly hope you enjoy all the conversations I have with educators all over the world, principals, teachers, instructional coaches, assistant superintendents, superintendents, and even state commissioners of education. We go deep and talk about the pain points and lessons learned in education. Hey, please consider subscribing to the podcast, leave a rating, write a a review, and share your favorite conversations with colleagues or anyone you think would enjoy. Today's episode is brought to you (laughs) by me. Hey, the best way to support the podcast is pick up one of my books, Kids Deserve It, Run Like a Pirate, Empower Our Girls, Teachers Deserve It, all available on Amazon or wherever books are sold. And Kids Deserve It is also on Audible as an audiobook. Hey, and if your organization, school district, school, county, service unit, conference, or company is having an event and looking for a high-energy, relevant, relatable, fun, down-to-earth speaker that keeps it real and really connects with the audience, reach out directly so we can talk about your event and schedule something amazing for your team. Welcome at gmail.com or Mr. Adam Welcome for more information about speaking and also my other podcasts and blog. All right, my guest for today, I'm super, super duper excited about. I got Damon Qualls. He is a principal on the East Coast, and we get into a lot of things. And I think Damon is one of those guests that I'm going to have back on for another round, round two, either in a couple months or in a year or when we just kind of have some more time to to kind of dig in and to go a little bit deeper. Uh, do yourself a favor, follow Damon on Twitter, DM Qualls, Q-U-A-L-L-S, Elementary principal in uh, in South Carolina. I was uh, I also am friends with Damon on Facebook, and uh, his school just passed uh, a mark of raising over four hundred thousand dollars through Donors Choose grants. Like in the last five years, let me tell you how profound that is. I was a principal at one school. Uh, for three years, and we had $80,000 in three years, and Damon's got 400000 Super amazing guy. He's got a lot of other projects going on that um, I'm sure I will have him and some of his colleagues on the podcast to talk about in the future. I hope you enjoy the episode. Thank you for listening. Damon Qualls, welcome to the podcast. So excited to join you this evening, Adam. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we were talking before the show. It was like, how was your day? It was like, oh my gosh, it was a day because you were not on spring break, but you had some fun, fun, fun things going on at your school. And I'm thinking like, what better way to just end the day with recording a podcast? I'm in California, you're in South Carolina, and we just get, get to get together and talk about education. Absolutely. Yeah, it's been an extraordinary day for sure. Uh, We surprised our students with bringing the 2021 National College Men's Soccer Team from Clemson University, um, where I have men who read Dress for Success Day. And they signed autographs, took lots of pictures, read their favorite books to every uh, homeroom class. Uh, It was high energy for sure. So yeah, I'm exhausted in the best of ways. (laughs) I remember those exhausted in the best of ways days. You just want to fall on the couch and fall asleep, but, (laughs) but your heart is so full from all the work that you did. Damon, we're getting ahead of ourselves for the people out there that don't know you introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, where you live. Just kind of give us the lowdown. Yes. So my name is Damon Walls and I am in my fifth year 
of principalship at Montague Elementary School in Greenville County Schools, the largest school district in the state of South Carolina. This is my 18th year in education. I taught fifth grade all in room 204 at Alexander Elementary School for 11 years, two years as an assistant principal. And of course, um, I am loving being a principal right now at Montague Elementary School. Um, I, I'm one of those unique individuals that recognize the call to serve in public education uh, as early as kindergarten. I definitely wanted to be a teacher my entire life. I was an only child for 13 years. And uh, during that time, I would engage other children, um, mostly my cousins, um, in playing school. I would always serve as the teacher um, to include having my own teacher's desk in my bedroom, my own chalkboard, uh, recording my own grades in my own grade book as early as second grade. And that transitioned into tutoring uh, at the middle school level. And then in high school, uh, as luck would have it, my senior year, uh, Clemson University introduced a brand new initiative that they were launching um, in 2000. And that was the Call Me Mister program, a program geared to recruit, train, and certify African-American men to become elementary school teachers in the state of South Carolina. So it was like divine intervention, having this lifelong dream of being an educator, uh, getting to my senior year of high school and having an opportunity to receive a scholarship to make my dreams a reality. And so here we are um, 18 years later and I am just as energized, if not more energized um, as I was way back then. Yeah, no doubt. Does Clemson still have that program? Absolutely, it's actually now. So initially it started just in the state of South Carolina, headquartered at Clemson uh, with cohorts on three historically black college campuses. Uh, Benedict, Claflin, and Morris. Now it's spread uh, across the country, 20 plus states, um, multiple cohorts. So yeah, we're, we're 20 years strong, 20 plus years strong at this point. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. So um, talk about your experience as an assistant principal, Damon. I was an assistant principal also elementary school um, for two years. And I remember my first week as the principal when I was the person. And I remember thinking back, thank you for my experience and the opportunity to be an assistant principal, because yeah. I just personally could not imagine. And I know people do it. Uh, there's a lot of rural areas where there are not assistant principal opportunities, but I could not have done it without the assistant principal experience. Talk about your experience as an assistant principal. What did you learn? I mean, how was your principal? Are you still in, con in connection with them? Uh, and just, I, th I think that's really good advice for people out there because I see a lot of people go from teaching to instructional coach coordinator, mm -hmm. and then the principalship and mm -hmm. you can do it, but that AP role, it's so important. I think. Absolutely. So I actually, it's a very unique story and I'll, I'll try to condense it down. Um, but the first administrative elementary opening in my district um, came open in like March and um, the assistant superintendent, one of the assistant suits um, notified me, notified the principal that had the vacancy and said, basically, have you considered Damon Qualls? Ultimately, I accepted the position, um, met the staff of this elementary school and was super excited. Um, two months later, uh, DonorsChoose.org, um, an organization that I am a huge advocate and a supporter of, um, flew me to New York and surprised me um, because of my work around Donors Choose and flash funded the state of South Carolina 
um, Stephen Colbert, our state superintendent, Molly Spearman, all of, all of the, the foods who were there. And so it kind of um, gave me this quick platform and um, exposed the, uh, the school district where I was serving to my leadership and uh, my background and, and my teaching experience. And so needless to say, uh, when I got back to South Carolina, um, the phone started to ring and I had multiple offers to come and be an assistant principal. Um, so ultimately I decided to um, move from the elementary position that I had not even started in. And I moved to a middle school position and actually was uh, blessed to loop with my fifth graders uh, to one of our feeder middle schools, Berea Middle School, where I served for two years. Uh, my principal then was Robin Mill. And I remember very vividly in October of that fall semester, she said, you have what it takes to be a principal right now. And her confidence in me uh, motivated me and inspired me to lead and to lead from my heart and to mentally prepare myself for principalship. And we had a great working relationship. Uh, she was um, nearing retirement. So she really took the opportunity to pour into me. And, um, you know, I'm very high energy, high strong. I'm an overachiever. And she was not intimidated by, um, she was not intimidated by that. Um, she saw it as an opportunity to um, really define her legacy and pour into me. Um, one of the unique things about our relationship, we started each morning praying in her office. Every single morning, Mrs. Mill and I held hands and prayed. And um, I, I still, of course, keep in contact with her. Um, she, she is a remarkable lady. Uh, during that two years as an assistant principal, I was also very fortunate to, um, thanks to LinkedIn, I was able to um, connect with Sharon Porter, out of Baltimore, Maryland. And she um, launched a, a book series, Next in Line to Lead, The Voice of the Assistant Principal. So I was able to kind of summarize my year and a half, two years as a, a AP um, with her and some other assistant principals across the country. And what else? I had the opportunity to go to Harvard for um, the summer. It just keeps the, getting better, Damon. Oh my gosh, I, I thought you, Donors Choose was enough. <laughs> it, it was a remarkable two years, but um, Harvard has a um, um, leadership institute where they bring um, emerging leaders in their first through fifth year. And literally these leaders come from all across the world, um, from Greenville, South Carolina, to New Zealand and are exposed to the best and brightest. and um, just a remarkable experience. Um, I still keep in contact with the assistant principals and school leaders that I met while there in Cambridge. And so, uh, yeah, being an assistant principal, um, principals can't do it without assistant principals. And so now that I am in the principal's chair, um, I operate um, with my assistant principal. She, she is another principal. She has the same credentials that I have. Um, and so it's just a great working dynamic. Shout out to all of the assistant principals. This is actually National Assistant Principals Week. So any assistant principal that's listening, uh, thank you for the work that you do. It does not go unnoticed. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad. Thanks for the shout out. I actually messaged about 10 assistant principals today, the National Distinguished Assistant Principals for NAESP to have them come on the podcast because- yeah. 
that assistant principal role is so important for the school, for the kids, for the teachers, and then just developing that next group of leaders. And just remember who first believed in you. It, it was Miss Miller, uh, Robin, you said, that was her name, Damon, your, your first principal? Robin Mill was the principal when I served as an assistant principal, yes. Robin Mill, just remember, remember that, because that first person for me was Janice Folk. And now that you have the opportunity, people that are listening, do that for somebody else, you know, believe in someone, uh, you know, pull them in. I was just reading a book um, about this former Navy SEAL and he was in high school trying to break a record in track and a football coach from another school called him and he didn't even know who he was and just gave him encouragement. And that, that encouragement is just so important. Uh, Damon, what advice do you have for aspiring principals? So you're an AP right now, elementary, middle, high school, whatever that might be. How do you make that jump? to being a principal because being assistant principal is similar, but it's not the same because you don't have that layer of support in the building. Just what advice, I mean, uh, resume, mentoring, shadowing, just district committees, what, 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 do you, what do you recommend to people? Absolutely. So my first recommendation would be to enjoy the journey. What I am experiencing um, is a lot of emerging teachers, induction teachers, um, that are ready to jump full force into admin. Uh, they get the certification, get the advanced degree, and they're ready to move into admin without really enjoying the journey of teaching. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I taught for 11 years, and I'm so thankful for um, over a decade of teaching experience because ultimately it has uh, provided me a, found, a strong and a solid foundation to be an effective principal. You cannot be an instructional leader on a school campus without really having teaching experience, number one, and, and um, sharpening your craft and, and, and honing in on those necessary skills and qualities that make strong leaders. So that's the first recommendation, enjoy the journey. Also, I um, pushed myself. Um, whether it was, as we were talking earlier about speaking at conferences, it didn't matter if it was a local or district, state, national conference, I would apply um, and ultimately speak and just um, immerse myself with educators, those that were doing what I desired and aspired to do, and, you know, always keeping um, storing information away in my, my brain. And, you know, when I become a principal, if I ever have an opportunity, I'm going to do this. I'm going to tweak this. I'm not going to do this. And um, ultimately, now I'm able to pull from those experiences, and it's proven to be uh, extremely beneficial. Um, the resume, of course, is important. Uh, that was a working document for me. Um, I, I started my, my college uh, or my under my um, administrative degree, um, year 10 of teaching. And literally, um, anytime I would do anything, I would update my resume. It was literally a working document. And so when it uh, became time to begin to apply for administrative roles, um, you know, I edited and, and made it um, work for the particular school that I would apply for. And so, yeah, keep that resume as a working document because um, leaders and in, in, in 
educators, we do so much. And I think that it is vital to make sure that we give ourselves credit um, for the remarkable things that we do. And, and sometimes if you don't um, keep track of that, you'll forget and, and not uh, give yourself that due, that due credit for sure. Or you can just hang out with Stephen Colbert and you could put that on your resume. <laughs> I mean, that, would be a, that would be another one too. The resume, the resume to me is so interesting. I feel the resume is so like 1990. Mm -hmm. I know it's still it's still needed, but you know, you mentioned LinkedIn earlier and yes. I mean, you, you and I connected via Twitter. We've, we've never met or hung out right. in person. I know someday that we will Damon, yeah. but that resume is such a, it is, it's a working document. And I just, if you're a superintendent or if you're in a position to hire people, look past the resume. Right. And I know people do. And then if you're an aspiring, whatever, you know, how can you make your resume different? I remember uh, the movie Legally Blonde. Mm -hmm. And remember she put like her resume was pink and it had like <laughs> perfume on it. So I would, I'm not, I'm not recommending that, but put a, <laughs> put a QR code on your resume and maybe you it's to your website or to your social media, or Absolutely. maybe, you, or maybe you created a personalized five minute video. Hello, Jones school district. My name's yes. Adam and I'm looking for this job. And you're like, Oh, wow. Cause people yeah. don't do that. So take that kind of old, static document and how for can sure. you how can you make it more relevant for sure so i am a huge huge um advocate for utilizing social media to tell your own story it started as a classroom teacher um, my entire 18 years as an educator has been in title one schools and oftentimes title one schools get a bad rep and so I've literally committed my entire career to telling the story, the unique story of the, of the greatness of Title I schools. And so, yeah, aspiring administrators, current teachers, uh, create a hashtag um, and, you know, uh, celebrate the greatness happening in your classroom and in your school and on your campus. And um, that the power of the hashtag, I mean, you, you know, kids deserve it. Hello. <laughs> um, but uh, the power of the hashtag it, um, is your your resume viral. You know what I yeah. mean? No, People 100%. have access to pictures and videos and they get to see your heart and see your passion um, beyond the resume. So great point. Because the resume doesn't tell a story. The hashtag Absolutely. and whatever else you link up, that's yeah. the archive. They go, oh, yes. wow, this is not something that they've been doing for three weeks. They've been doing it for 10 years or Absolutely. three years. Speaking of Twitter, go to Twitter right now or pause it, pause the podcast, DM Qualls, Q-U-A-L-L-S. Please follow Damon. He is just like, he's a tweeter and a half. He just <laughs> is always sharing and connecting. I'm going to link that in the show notes as well. Damon, how do you prepare for next year? I know when I was when I was in a school district teaching principaling at the at the district office level, you're especially this time of year, April, May, you're always obviously got to finish the year strong, but mm -hmm. you got to already be thinking about next year. What are, what are you thinking about? What are you doing? What kind of conversations are you having to yourself with your assistant principal, with your team, maybe with your supervisor on, on a district level. I feel, I feel a lot of people live too much in the now, now, now without really looking ahead and thinking and really remembering or analyzing. What, what is, what, what's your thoughts on that? Absolutely. So I have um, gained this reputation of being extra. 
my colleagues, my students, my teachers. Um, they call me extra and I don't mind. I do think that um, it requires serving the population that I serve and uh, the teachers that I'm blessed to work with. Um, they deserve extra. And so I always try to go above and beyond to exceed the experiences that happen, as I say, across the railroad tracks uh, in schools where necessarily, uh, you know, you can cut the lights on and the kids are going to learn. Two parents at home, uh, great support system, things of that nature. So I always challenge myself every year um, to do more and to have be bigger and better. And so um, in terms of next year, I am already thinking, what can we do? Um, of course, we're, we're coming out of COVID now. Um, and I, I have to share that prior to COVID, uh, our staff, we have been running a marathon. Uh, my first year of principalship, I came into a situation where I was going to be the third principal for many of the students and teachers on our campus in three years double digit loss in ELA and math on the state's assessment, um, over 30 uh, requests for transfers um, based on the new accountability system uh, that our state, state Department of Education has, we would have been one of the lower performing schools, if not the lowest in our district. And so we had a lot of work to do. And um, I was fortunate that uh, they believed in me. They believed in my leadership. They were ready for someone to take the baton and run full speed ahead. Um, you know, oftentimes people say slow is fast. That was not the case for this campus. And I'm so glad because I like to move quickly, identify the problem, um, get the people necessary to uh, address the problem and, and run. And so prior to COVID, we were running a, a marathon, man. Um, at the end of my first year, we found ourselves literally from the bottom to the top. Uh, we were one of two elementary schools that received an excellent rating on the state's report card. Um, the highest student progress in the state of South Carolina, earning all of the 35 possible points. We grew in that excellent rating the next school year. Uh, and we were then the only Title I school with an excellent rating. Um, did a lot of unique things around multilingual learners. I have the highest Hispanic population in our district and in the state of South Carolina. So we um, recognized that we had some work to do around um, meeting the needs of not only their academic needs, but meeting the needs of the whole child. And so we were running this marathon um, and then COVID happened. And so now we're getting back to the place where we are um, regaining what was lost due to COVID and e-learning and virtual and multiple attendance plans. So next year, I am looking forward to a normal school year. And so um, it is definitely going to be an opportunity um, prayerfully to celebrate um, the, the great gains that we acquire um, with state testing. Um, we are definitely going for the gold. Prior to COVID, we were one in 5,700 points away from becoming the first gold Title I school in our district. Wow. So you can imagine the disappointment um, because this it was our theme for the year. We tied it into the Olympics. Um, and I will never forget March 17th is when we found out that we were um, going to be going to e-learning for what we thought then would be one or two weeks. And so we were like, we'll be back. We're going to test, going for the gold. We got this. And ultimately, you know, we, we were not able to return. So 
looking forward to celebrating what's about to take place within the next month or two in terms of te testing results. I'm looking forward to celebrating a normal school year. Um, and just as I always do, um, starting the year off really acknowledging the work that our teachers do. Um, I often refer to myself as a principal that sits in the teachers or a principal that sit, a teacher that sits in the principal's chair. Mm -hmm. um, I am always thinking about um, how my decisions impact teachers. I am very collaborative, always approachable. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to next year. It's gonna be extraordinary for sure. Well, first of all, congrats on all those achievements and the growth and the success and, and all of that. And I am, uh, you're going to, you're going to do it next year, but I got a question. I got a question for you extra. Yeah. Are you a workaholic or are you a hard worker? You know what? That is a great question. I think I'm a little of both nice. and I have to be very, I have to be very open, honest, and transparent with you. Um, like I said, we were running a marathon and I recognized at the end of my second year that I had to model work-life balance because I did not want to exhaust my teachers. You know, teacher retention is important to me, um, especially at the Title I level because you invest financially in growing teachers professionally. And so you want to hold on to them. And um, sadly, in many cases, um, those that teach in Title I schools, they go in, they teach for one or two years or whatever the necessary time span is to get their student loans paid. And then they're off um, across the railroad tracks to another school. And so um, I'm very proud of our teacher retention. It is like 96.5, one of the highest in the district. And so I recognize early on in principalship that if I wanted to maintain the teachers that I had and retain the teachers that I had on our campus, I had to do a better job of work-life balance. I will admit to you, Adam, I was the type of principal in my first and second year. I would go home, change clothes out of my suit and put on you know, sweats and tennis shoes and come back and plant rose bushes and water flowers. Um, I still do bulletin boards. Um, I, yeah, I, I, it was a lot. It was a lot. And I remember my assistant superintendent, um, Mrs. Bird, who I love and respect, she said, you've got to get some hobbies outside of school. <laughs> <laughs> and when, you're, when your assistant tells you basically get a life, you gotta, you gotta listen. And so work-life balance um, has been a priority for me for the last three years. And you know, I do unique, unique things working with our school counselor, Abby Bays, um, around mindfulness and bringing in, you know, massage therapists that offer massages and um, promote health and wellness with our staff, uh, because it's tough work. As as much as we love it and as excited as I am, and as excited and passionate as our teachers are, our work is tough, and so we've got to take care of ourselves first um, uh, before we can best meet the needs of our students because you can't ultimately you can't pour from an empty cup right no 100 percent. yeah and if you it's like how many times have you heard the analogy in an airplane if the oxygen goes off take care of yourself first and then help the people next to you and then one other thing i think you should do damon is turn off the email notification the ding 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 because your email my friend is always going to be there and it's, an, it's another great step away. I want to yes. I want to know more. I want you to talk about bold leadership consultants. Um, it's kind of how I think I connected with you originally. Uh, we were talking before the show. Yeah. 
the origin of bold leadership consultants, um, what you all do, what it is stemmed into. It's you have not heard everything about this. It's like I feel like, like you said, the resume is an it's a living, breathing. I think bold leadership consultants is growing and changing week by week yes. and month by month. So tell the listeners what is bold leadership consultants. How did it start and uh, where is it now? Yeah, so less than two years ago, um, one of the African-American male principals in our district uh, received a promotion, Dr. Edward Anderson um, received a promotion and became the executive director of On Track Greenville uh, initiative through United Web Greenville. And so um, we, um, a group of African-American male principals from the elementary, middle and high school level uh, got together just to celebrate uh, Dr. Anderson's accomplishment. And um, ultimately it was one of the first times that many of us had the opportunity to get together outside of work. And it was during um, a very challenging time for school leaders. It was during COVID. Uh, it was during a very sensitive political climate. It was during um, the height of Black Lives Matter where we were seeing uh, images of African-American men literally being slaughtered on the news. And uh, it, was, it was very trying. And so, although we got together to celebrate his accomplishment, um, that evening, um, that fellowship was so powerful and so meaningful. And we all were um, just opening up and speaking from a place of humility and vulnerability in terms of some of the challenges. Um, that we were facing, as well as successes that we were um, uh, experiencing on our campus during a very trying time. Because as we mentioned earlier, um, less than 2% of all educators are African-American men. And that, um, that data point mirrors at men as well. Um, there, there are very few African-American male administrators, uh, particularly um, in, in our area. And so, the camaraderie and the collaboration was so impactful that when we left that night, um, there has not been a day that has not gone by that we um, have not been in communication, whether it's going out um, for dinner, whether it is visiting each other's homes um, with each other's families, whether it is professional development, and that could be via um, you know, Marco Polo, text messaging, um, you name it. And, and so uh, I would say October of that first year, we did a um, simple collage encouraging people to use their voice and vote. And when we saw the response from the community around that one collage, we knew that there was a unique need um, and that we were in a position to meet that need. And so we organized and, and became more formal and Bold Leadership Consultants was born. And so our mission and vision is to create a bold leader in every community. Um, and we have done, you know, speaking engagements. Um, one of the, the most powerful things that we've been able to do um, is a partnership with the Peace Center of Greenville, where uh, we uh, have a partnership where we are uh, front and center on the stage uh, and we transitioned from our bold conversations being virtual to now in person. And we're able to invite the community uh, to hear um, issues around education. Um, we were fortunate to have, you know, uh, Principal L uh, during um, 
the virtual time. Um, Missouri State Teacher of the Year, Daryl Cockrell, um, uh, Alfred, Alfred Shiri Brooks from out of Atlanta, um, Dr. Sean Woodley, so many um, highly respected educators that, that met with us virtually. And now to be able to bring uh, that caliber of uh, educator to the upstate and have conversations, it, it is extremely uh, rewarding. And so we're getting ready to this month. Um, everything that we've done up until this point has kind of been self-funded. And so we now have um, bold allies, as I mentioned earlier, organizations and individuals that have um, wrapped their minds around our mission and vision and support us uh, financially. And so we're in a position now where we can um, put that extra touch on everything from the website and our social media presence and, and just able to do so much more. So we're excited about that bold leadership. Yeah. Thank you no. so much. For yeah, no, I love it. I'm excited to see the new website uh, when it's yeah. out. Hopefully you can uh, you can send it to me. And if hey, anybody out there is looking to connect and consult and speak and work, reach out. Reach out to Damon, DM Qualls. That's two L's. Like I said, I'm going to link it uh, in the show notes. And uh, on the website, will ha we'll have all like 10 original members. It's all, it's all listed right. um, so people can know that. And also bold is a choice. That's the hashtag. Bold is a choice. Yes, bold sir. Bold is a choice. I like <laughs> it. Hey, Damon, a big part of this podcast is amplifying the voices of my guests. I'm just going to pass the microphone over to you to close us out. What would you like to say to all the people? that listen to this podcast? To anyone listening to this podcast, uh, particularly educators, I just wanna say thank you. Uh, I am a lifelong educator and I value the work that our colleagues exude each day. Uh, this is not for the faint at heart. It is not a job, but it is a calling. And so I want to thank, sincerely thank those that have accepted this call. Um, the, the future of our nation literally depends on what's happening on school campuses across the country right now. And so educators and all of the stakeholders that uh, play a vital role in ensuring that we are providing quality instruction uh, to our students, it's, it's critical. And so, um, you know, we, we have experienced some extreme hardships. Uh, educators have face extreme challenges over the last few years. Um, one of the great things that have come up as a result of COVID, I think is a greater appreciation for the work that we, we do. And so um, to any educator that is questioning their calling and questioning the impact um, that they're making, I want to be a loud voice and remind them that they are making an impact. And although we may not see the fruit of our labor, um, you know, within 24 hours of, you know, delivering that remarkable lesson that you planned all weekend, uh, your labor is not in vain. And you're planting seeds of hope, you're planting seeds of uh, encouragement and inspiration. And ultimately, one day, um, it's going to be harvest time. And everything that you're pouring into your students, the harvest will come, and the world will be a better place as a result of it. So thank you. Yeah, I think that what you just said is going to be the introduction for the book that you're going to write someday, Damon, wow. <laughs> because I'm listening and I'm inspired. Hey, I wanted to ask you, does Clemson have a program? Uh, you said they, the program that you were in for, for Black males, the, 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 the Mr. Program for teaching. Yeah. Is there one for leadership to get um, Black males into leadership? 
So um, the Call Me Mister program definitely expands or extends beyond teaching. So once a mister, always a mister. So um, there are quarterly meetings uh, that include both current mister teachers as well as mister administrators. Um, In in the 20 plus years of Call Me Mister, over 98% of misters are still in education, whether it be uh, serving as an administrator or serving as a college professor. Um, so yeah, that that is the unique bond that we have and maintain. So yeah, I would I would say that um, that connection is is the um, driving force for Mister beyond the classroom and beyond teaching for sure. Well, shout out to Clemson for that program. Shout out to Donors Choose. I too have done a ton of work with Donors Choose. Yes, and just just an absolutely. Uh, an amazing organization, amazing mission, amazing ethos. Stephen Colbert, if you're listening and you want to come on the podcast, I will gladly interview you, Damon, if yeah. you have, if you want to just text him, because I know you guys are bros. He's uh, a South Carolina boy. Yeah, South, South Carolina. Carolina boy. That's right. uh, oh my gosh. Hey, DM Qualls, Damon, thank you so much. We could talk for probably five hours. <laughs> um, I've never done that long of a podcast before. Maybe someday we will. I want to have you back on. Uh, maybe this summer we have some more time and uh, we can kind of get deeper into some stuff. Uh, I really love how you think we're on the same, we're on the same wavelength. And uh, I think this is, this is just the beginning uh, for you and I working together uh, and doing some more stuff. So everybody listening, thanks for all you do. And I hope that you have an absolutely uh, amazing day.